In association with castlab.co.uk, training excellence in developing your podcast. Travel is fatal to bigotry, prejudice, and narrow-mindedness. And I think it does open the world up to you. You know, you learn so much. Other people are the same and so different from you, but you don't know unless you travel. Hello and welcome to Come Chai with me in Culture Vultures Pod Cafe. In this podcast, we'll be chatting about different lifestyle topics. So we thought, why don't we invite you into our pod cafe to listen in to our conversations? Looking forward to your company over a cup of garam chai. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hi. Hi. We're all good. We are talking about traveling today and how travel enriches us. We've all been listening to the podcast by Rick Steves, which is really interesting. He's an American travel writer and TV personality. I just found it really fascinating, his view of what a traveler is. So in his opinion, there are sort of three types of travelers. I've never really thought about different types of travelers. We can be any one of them or we can be a mixture of them. And we can be these types of travelers at different times in different times of our lives. So he has rated them as like one is tourist. But basically a tourist, in his opinion, has got a tick list. And you go to those places, you travel to different countries, making sure that you have ticked this off your list. And that is your basic aim of traveling and shopping, just sun seeking and recreation, basically a recreation holiday. The other one he terms is a traveler. He thinks that a traveler is just interested in exploring new places, broadening their perspective, trying new things and new foods. That's what I've done. I managed to learn how to use chopsticks in China for the first time because I was so lazy here, but in China I had to do it. So that's a skill that I definitely learned. So these type of travelers, according to him, they learn on the road. The road is their school. The other type of traveller, which I never really thought about, he's called it the pilgrim, and we all know what pilgrim is. The road is the pilgrim's church, so they sort of seek to find more meaning about themselves, learning about yourself, going on hajj. They're the three terms that he uses, tourist, traveller and pilgrim. And he talks about the travelling mindset. I think we've all got a kind of a travelling mindset, and that's about what do you bring to your travels Good traveller's mindset is something positive and being excited and wanting to explore and learn and getting out of your comfort zone, taking opportunities and saying yes to lots of things. I think we're learning how to say yes now, aren't we? A bit more than before. And then basically travel changes your view of the world, which I definitely agree with that. Thank you, Kiki. Like us. Many people invest significant time and money into seeing the world. But what do we get in return? Why do we travel? I was listening to a TED talk by Sal Lovato and he's traveled the whole world. And he says, like you, you said, Simi, that, you know, it's an opportunity to connect to people, learn from all their differences, unique local perspectives, 
we learn from the people we meet because we've got different views on things and they have different perspectives. It makes you resilient. It, sometimes it changes you. And you feel that you belong to not a geographical area, not a nationality, but that you become a citizen of the world. The more you travel, the more you learn about different people, your preconceptions change. I had uh, recently, just before the pandemic, I had an amazing time visiting Trinidad and Tobago. We uh, stayed with my uh, daughters-in-laws and really saw life as it's lived by the local people their cuisine, their recreation. We went to rehearsals for their Mardi Gras. They were getting ready with their costumes and their music and everything. You know, what kind of jobs they have, what their businesses are like, and really what, what their day-to-day -day problems and things are. We went to a coffee plantation and uh, we were talking to the owner and she was saying that the locals come and they just take stuff from her farm or places and she can't say to them, you can't have it because then there might be some violence or something. So she just lets them help themselves to whatever. You know, they've learned to live with each other and do things like that. Went to see the Taj Mahal or Niagara Falls. But it's not just the places. These places come alive when you hear the stories behind them. You know, the kings and queens or the maid of the mist, you know, how things happened in the past. I saw a really amazing IMAX documentary about the Polynesians when they were leaving their own land and sailing across unknown seas, you know, they didn't know what the world was about, whether the sea was flat or round or what. And they eventually went and settled in places like Fiji and Tonga and Samoa. Travel opens us to the wonders of the world. I mean, opens up to new sites, connects us with nature and just gives us a chance to explore the culture of another country, you know, and allows us to taste their cuisines and just gives us a little kind of insight of their way of living, exposes us to so many different languages. I mean, every time I come back from abroad, I feel I need to learn a language, allows us to kind of smell spices in a bazaar and go to these windy souks in Turkey and allows us to see the art and craft the country has to offer. It's just an amazing world out there. And all we have to do is go out and explore. You guys have said it all, haven't you? <laughs> I just like traveling because I like seeing new places and meeting new people. And I think you're right. It is a, like a big school out there. You know, sometimes we don't send our kids and we don't give them time off to travel. But traveling really teaches you so many things. You know, when you go out there and practically experience a culture, that's a different kind of schooling, isn't it? But really very meaningful kind of learning, I would say. But, but do you think traveling takes us out of our comfort zone. I was listening to the same guy, Kiki, you mentioned, Rick Steves, and I liked his quote. He said, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Do you agree with him? Yeah, I've been taken out of my comfort zone quite a lot. I remember once when we were traveling to Kashmir in a rickety old Indian bus, and we were going round and round the mountains, and it was like 12 hours journey. And I literally thought, I am going to die at the end of this journey because there were so many accidents on the way and there were hairpin bends. And then you hear about these drivers who had been drinking and I was just holding on for dear life. And I said to my parents, I'm not traveling back this way. We need to get a flight back. And then we couldn't get a flight back. So I had to do the same journey again. But I'm here to tell the tale. So I did survive but it was definitely scary. 
it takes you out of your comfort zones because different countries operate in a different way. I mean, I remember taking my mom to France for a day trip, uh, thinking it's going to be an easy task. You know, it's a Eurostar, just go there and travel around. But really, as I got there, <laughs> when you couldn't understand the language, it was hard to even work out the system, how to buy tickets, how to take a round. But I managed it. I managed to work out the way. It was a good learning experience for me. At home, you know what you're doing. You got your comfortable bed. But when you go out there, you have to work out lots of things, don't you? Even if you're hiring yeah. a car, you have to work out totally. where to get the car from, how to get to your hotel, where is the nearest restaurant or the supermarket. So sometimes things get a little uncomfortable. I just had difficulty getting on a tram in Berlin and working out where to put the money in the machine and what ticket I wanted. And I hadn't got a clue. I couldn't see the writing. It was so small. I needed glasses. So I was like, oh, my God. But obviously, there is always someone there to help you. People are really nice and helpful. Things have become easier in terms of like we've got GPS. So if you're hiring a car, you can get to your hotel straight away. You don't have to ask around. Or we've got like Apple Pay and things on the phones. There's yeah. comfort zone in a different sense as well, isn't there? Like you've been to Cuba as well. The deprivation of food for the locals. I mean, I found that really heartbreaking. You enjoy their culture and their music and everything else. You talk to the local people and you learn a little bit about their lives. I saw a queue about, a, I don't know how many, a half a mile long or something just for ice cream, you know, because they had to pay in their local currency. And they couldn't even afford that. Even the food, the portions of food were very basic or very little. Even in our hotels where we were staying, we found there wasn't the variety that we used to. And it really made you feel um, how fortunate you are. I remember in Vietnam, we were talking to some people. You know, if you haven't been there, you would not realize that three generations after World War II, the childbirth over there, they're still having problems from all the biological warfare. Children are still being born disabled. I mean, I was just burst into tears. I couldn't speak to them after that. I couldn't look at the pictures. I couldn't do anything because I was like, this is heartbreaking. It's been such a long time. We yeah. went to a concentration camp and yes. walking around it, I basically yeah. was crying, crying, yeah. crying. But you remember that experience as well, That's how right. harrowing it was. Yeah. But it's a memory still, like all your lovely memories you have. Exactly. But the thing is, reading about it in a textbook doesn't have yeah. that impact. No, no way. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Do you think girls, when we travel, which I think three of us have done a fair amount of traveling, have you ever felt unsafe during your travels? Occasionally, yes. I love Delhi and I love India and I love going back there, but I'm still scared of traveling in taxis by myself even though my brother-in-law will keep tracking me and but I don't like doing it if I'm in a very crowded place I will be a little bit uncomfortable I prefer to have somebody with me generally unsafe or just a bit uncomfortable not unsafe as such but because you're sort of conditioned into knowing what kind of things can happen and do happen it is scary 
But imagine when you go to other countries yeah. around the world. I mean, we went to Malaysia a few years back and went to this lovely island of Langkawi, which is kind of the west coast of Malaysia, and decided that we wanted to try snorkeling because it was famous for its snorkeling. And <laughs> found this boat. This guy was, you know, just sitting on this boat, and he said, "Yes, I can take you to the snorkeling spot. Why don't you get on the boat?" And four of us sat in there, went to the place. And he said he was just nearby. And 15, 20 minutes later, we were still kind of riding in the ocean. And I don't like water just generally. And he was like, I don't like boats. I don't like cruises. But anyway, on the way back, this guy stops. Boat is sort of swaying side to side. His waters are getting a bit rockier. And we can't see the beach. It's getting a bit darker. And the guy is sort of chilled out. And we're asking him, like, what's going on? Why have you stopped in the middle of the ocean? And he says, oh, we ran out of petrol. I've just rung my colleague and she's going to come here and bring some petrol. And till then, we just have to hang around here. And it was quite a scary experience, really. You know, when you are like in the middle of this ocean, a strange country with this strange man. We're so used to all this health and safety business, aren't we? We expect everyone else to be like that. Retrospectively, I wouldn't have done that. But I guess it's one of those adventurous things you did at the time. You felt courageous and did it. And now we have that memory forever. But you know, yeah, like you said, here we have to take children on a school trip and we do massive risk assessment. But when you go to countries like that, things are just very laid back and, you know, you can try this and you can yeah, try but that. But the thing is, Simi, do you remember years ago we used to take the kids on trips and we didn't have any risk assessments? And I can't remember anything happening to the children. Nothing. To, we used to take them in the morning at nine o'clock and return at seven o'clock from the seaside, basically the whole school, nothing happened. It's one thing happens and through the media and everything else, we know so much about it. Whereas, you know, they are still isolated instances, but because so much is made of them, we think it, it happens all the time. That really puts you off. I mean, we went to Washington, going to all the museums and stuff. Our family had said, five o'clock, you must leave from there because it's not safe. And suddenly we realized it was nearly five o'clock that the whole museum was empty. It was just our family. So we quickly walked to our car because they told us we were really terrified walking through the car park, locked ourselves in our car and drove out. All it is, is that they have soup kitchens. So, you know, homeless people and all of those come out to get their food. Didn't mean they were going to attack us or something. You yeah. could be having the same experience here. Yeah. But you wouldn't feel that bad because no. you know the area kind of thing, don't you? One of the travel experts said, he says, like, obviously, when you go to different countries, people are generally nice and warm and they are quite keen to help you and show their hospitality. The thing is, don't panic and smile. I mean, those people would rather help you than hurt you. Obviously, you have to sort of, you know, have pack your common sense with you and try to be sensible and don't take sort of unnecessary risks. But at the same time, sometimes you might experience petty crimes and things like that. I mean, my brother got pickpocketed in Avignon, south of France, and he lost his driving license and a few other things. So it was a bit of a inconvenience yeah, caused by the incident. Like exactly. that. I remember actually in America, we were traveling and I left my camera on a wall and then it must have been an hour since um, I, I noticed. And we went back and it was still sitting there. And you think, oh, my God. So no one's touched this camera. It's been there. I mean, things can happen. We went to Mexico a few years back. And on the way back, we lost our kind of main highway and ended up in this 
side streets and ended up visiting all the towns. And, you know, you've heard so many stories and things that can happen there. Generally, people were nice. We had to use their toilet. They even offered us a hot drink. People are generally nice and warm and try to show the best side of them. That's coming to my next point. Why don't people travel? Obviously, that sort of three main reasons, I would say. One is work, money, and fear. Especially in America. I mean, I was looking at some data and many years back, only 10% of the Americans had passport. They could travel to Mexico, Canada, and many other countries without passport. But since 9-11, now I think about 42% of Americans have passport. But compared to Britishers or Europeans, which is, I think, 76% of us, generally Europeans travel more. Partly could be where they are located. I mean, we are sort of surrounded by lots of European countries, so it's easy for us to travel. Talking about why people don't travel, quite a few reasons for that. I mean, some people are scared of um, natural disasters or terrorism, or they're just really anxious. They don't like flying. Some people just are very comfortable staying at home. They don't really feel the need to want to travel anywhere. So that's fine as well. Or they like to just travel in their own country where, you know, they can come home quite easily. So it's just how you feel personally if you want to explore the world or you're quite, you're a homebody type of person. Going back to Americans, the data says that 55% of Americans don't even take all their leave that they get at work because they see it as a sign of uh, weakness. I suppose there's so much competition that they don't want somebody else to have their job by the time. That's really sad, isn't it? Yeah, but they see it as a sign of weakness and that they can't handle their work pressures. They're afraid of being replaced. Though they get about 16 paid holidays, one in four don't even take any time off. That's the society that they're living in, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Not encouraging them to take care of their own health and well-being. Do you think money is another factor for not traveling for many people? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people save, even when they get older, they've saved their pension money and they don't want to travel because they want to be in a safe sort of um, financial situation, don't they? So they regard traveling as like, oh, I'll be using my money up. So I don't want to travel. I'd rather save it. So it's a mindset, isn't it? They feel like it's a sort of wasting money rather than useful or constructive with your money or whatever but I was listening to another podcast which is talking about you know you can travel cheaply I mean there are ways to make your travel a little bit less expensive oh yes if you want if you want to do that I mean my son when he traveled he he stayed in a tent and he found the tent was like six pound a night and then he found a cheaper one and he's like oh this is four pound a night and I'm going oh my god (laughs) but you know But do we all want to do that? At certain stage of your life, you may want to do that, depending on, you know, when children go for gap years, they don't have enough money. So I guess they they look for the cheap, yeah, exactly, cheapest possible accommodations. But as you grow older, if you do have a bit more money, and if you want to treat yourself in, I don't know, five-star resort or whatever, but I'm saying there are sort of accommodations in between, you know, especially nowadays when there are, opportunities to get a b and b's which we have used many times now having said that simi when i was in japan with my son 
and we were looking for a hotel. They were so expensive. And then he said, right, mom, we're going to have to stay in this hostel. And I'm like, oh, goodness me, I'm not staying in a hostel. But the hostel was really expensive, but it was very good. But I suppose that's the country, isn't it? But, but you know, um, cottages and Airbnbs, I mean, we've tried a few times now because many times we travel together. My brother comes over from America and we go from here. So there are sort of nine and 10 of us staying in hotels could be quite expensive for such large families. So we end up getting an Airbnb, which we did in Verona. We did in Santorini, a really nice chalet in Avignon in France. And you find the nearest supermarket. You do your shopping from there. You can make your breakfast because, you know, all the kitchen facilities are there. And these days also many airlines are cheaper, aren't they? Like EasyJets and Ryanair. What kind of holiday do you like anyway, Simi? So my ideal holiday is certainly not sitting in a resort and baking in the sunshine and sitting by the beach. Yes, I can do for a day or so. But other than that, I like to explore out. I like to see the landscape of the country. I like to take photos. I go for hikes and walks in the place and definitely love to read about the history of the place I'm visiting. So often I buy a book when I'm flying so I can start reading from there. It kind of gives you a bit more perspective to what's going on, how things are running and why things are running in certain countries. Reading, meditating and breaking the routine. The best part of my holidays, I don't have to think about the housework. I don't have to think about my normal day, which means I can plan my day. Okay, I'm going to walk here. We're going to have a bit of adventure there. Find a local market, local place to eat or meet. And then during the day, you meet up with some people or whatever. and. You know, it's just the experience of new day, new thing, a new landscape. That's what I like. And certainly looking for a nice spot for sunrise and sunset. That is my favorite hobby. Well, my kind of holiday is a mixture of everything, really. If I go with my son, it's about adventure and eating. And he definitely takes me out of my comfort zone. But with my friends, I like sightseeing, relaxing enjoying shopping we all like to do a bit of shopping another time it's just like sometimes you just visit relations and they kind of take you around places and they take the lead mainly I just love meeting new people and learning about their lives and I've done that quite a lot and that's like something that's at the top of my list I love doing that that's something that I wish I could do more of because I am not very chatty I'm not very good at approaching people so I end up basically cramming my holidays with sights and sounds and architecture museums but I've realized over the years now that when I look back on my stuff it's the people that I knew in old Yugoslavia or Indonesia or Sri Lanka people that I interacted with those are the kind of memories that I've got left mostly buildings sort of fade into each other I don't remember the names of different things that I've visited or anything like that. So I think now going forward, I want to travel more mindfully, not planned. Oh, I want to see this building, that building, but really just take it as it comes and try and talk to people and maybe say to them, you know, what should I do? I'm here. I think we've learned that from listening to that podcast, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, I think that travel blogger sort of said, didn't she, that, you know, you must do less planning. And you should visit a place sort of unprepared and immerse yourself in the city 
and like watch it unfold in front of you take time to enjoy yourself meet people and embrace the culture and she says we shouldn't travel to see more monuments but to meet new people which is very much your kind of holiday kiki isn't it well yeah if i look back into my diary and remember their names and things i will but generally it's just the whole feeling isn't it i was with my sisters and my nieces in pondicherry which you know is indian we're indian but they could tell we were not locals and so they kept coming the young men kept coming because they wanted pictures with our nieces and we had to say no you can't but then uh, some of the ladies were coming and wanting photos with us and we said okay that's okay things happen when you go abroad but at the same time we met some interesting people actually some people from here who've been abroad one couple we have sort of made lifelong friends with them because we had such a lovely time together we met in morocco and just kind of you know clicked What's your memorable holiday experience, Kiki? I'm not going to share one. <laughs> I can't just restrict it to one. <laughs> one of them, the amazing one, was when I was watching a music and light show and the backdrop was the Himalayas and just the whole atmosphere and the clarity of the stars and just the fresh air. Everything was just amazing about that place. So I'll never forget that. And then climbing is a place in China, Guilin, just climbing up the paddy fields and having dinner with a family. And then on the same mountain, like I was so hungry and like, oh, when's my next meal going to come? And then these old ladies were cooking um, sweet potatoes on the side of the mountains. That was, oh, the sweet potatoes tasted amazing. But just looking at their culture, because these old ladies, they had really long hair down to their, basically down to their knees but they all dressed their hair in a certain style. They were all the same, had a certain head covering, had the hair in the same style. And it was just sort of fascinating finding out about them. Just other memories like going to a, a Muslim area in China and going into a mosque. Well, mine is taking a hot air balloon flight in Egypt. We went on this River Nile cruise with my brother from America and our family from here. And I didn't want to do that right because it's not very safe. So I was actually trying to persuade everyone to not go. But my brother was on the other side of the campaign. He was trying to persuade everyone to go for it. And eventually he won and everyone decided that they were going to go except me. So I thought, well, fine, if these guys are willing to take their life. Where is this traveler's mindset gone? <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> so I just thought, fine, you know, these guys all doing it. I had to say yes. And that's what I did. But oh, my God. That is one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, we had to go early in the morning. We had to cross this kind of bay area in a boat where they gave us lovely breakfast. And after that, it was like dawn, really early morning. And we were sort of flying over these pyramids and planes and the sun rising. Oh my amazing. God, yeah. you can never forget that scene. We went to see the sunrise in the Rainbow Mountains in China. And because, I mean, there was loads of tourists there to see the same thing. And then me and my son, we took a hot air balloon to get away from the noise and the tourists. <laughs> so we were going above the mountains and just getting away from the noise of the tourists, which was amazing. Yeah, I do like going in a hot air balloon.
would you consider solo traveling would you feel safe well i have got to tell you that is my aim now that's one of my goals for the next couple of years or have to start the first one so i'm definitely going to do that it is going to take me out of my comfort zone but i think i need that now in this time of my life and my kids are encouraging me to do it so i'm definitely going to have to try it i'm not sure that i'm ready for solo traveling when i was younger yeah i might have done but i didn't get the opportunity to i would like at least one or two companions with me i'm not sure that it's for me <laughs> well, come that. on ladies we need to try <laughs> solo traveling get to know yourself better i mean like we were talking about getting out of your comfort zone I think even at this age we need to get out and feel that we can be independent and it will definitely boost your confidence. I mean I just went on a sightseeing trip on my own in Berlin and after I'd done it even with the little mistakes I was making and getting a bit anxious at certain times and missing the bus or not finding it but at the end of the day I did feel proud of myself and it did boost my confidence. If you don't really want to do it, that's yeah, fine you as don't well. have to. You exactly, don't have to. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very personal choice, isn't it? So, do you think travel teaches us sort of empathy and understanding of different cultures? Can I say a quote by Mark Twain? He said, "Travel is fatal to bigotry, prejudice, and narrow-mindedness." And I think it does open the world up to you. You know, you learn so much. Other people are the same and so different from you. but you don't know unless you travel and i just think with travel it does broaden your experiences and you just realize in the place that you live that is not necessarily the right way to live or behave because with a simple thing like food i mean people eat with knives and forks people eat with chopsticks people eat with just their hands and you just learn to understand that your way is not the only way everyone's got a different way of living eating walking or just like say in india men hold hands with each other and it's nothing <laughs> exactly. strange about it yeah. but like if you experience that for the first time you think oh why are these men going around holding hands that was quite a few years ago but i thought mm-hmm. it was a very strange thing but that's the way it is over there and you just like okay that's normal <laughs> exactly okay travel opens us to the wonders of the world clarifies misunderstanding with people allows us to empathize with people and their causes helps us to conquer fear and celebrate diversity it connects us with people and with cultures around the world we're going to finish this podcast in rick steves words he says traveling teaches us that we are fundamentally the same so rather than fearing diversity we must celebrate it it helps us change our understanding of the world and we come back from our travels with a mindset to be friends with the world rather than build walls around us so let's get excited to get out of our comfort zone try new things meet new people and be ready to change our understanding of the world come fly with me let's fly let's fly away if you can use some exotic booze there's a bar in far bombay come on and fly with me let's fly let's fly away We look forward to seeing you for another cuppa, for another conversation, 
for another lifestyle topic. Follow us on Instagram at Come Chai With Me. In association with castlab.co.uk, training excellence in developing your podcast.